right, welcome back to the second episode of A Second Chance at Life. Today, my guest is Justin, and Justin is going to share his story of recovery with us, and I'm very excited to have him on. Uh, we've been following each other on Facebook for a while now, and yeah, so uh, Justin, if you could introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your story. My name's Justin Barnes. I live in Maine, which is in the U.S., in case anybody's listening to us from somewhere else. And I had an accident in 2016. Actually, my anniversary date is a couple weeks away from when that happened. It wasn't my first head injury, but it was definitely my most severe. I was, we had just bought our house that January and our house came with some land and I was working on opening it up a little bit. Didn't have any tractor or anything at the time. But I had a dead cherry tree uh, along a trail that we had in the woods, and I went to take it down that day. And it was a, a widow maker, is what you might call it, since it was dead. And it tried very hard to make my wife just that. Oh, it, uh, it took a funny, it just went really wrong. Mm -hmm. And I still remember watching it, like it hit a branch and came straight back at me. And I watched it. And I thought I knew where it was going to go. And I stepped to my right and turned. And it came down on the top of my head, cracked my, I was wearing a logging helmet because I knew it was a dangerous tree and uh, cracked my helmet. And immediately after, I, I remember immediately after thinking, like I was angry that it went wrong and like frustrated. And yeah. I reached down and I, gra I remember gra I grabbed my saw and I started my saw and I was going to take another, I was going to take the bottom section of it off, just, you know, like three feet tall. And I knew something was, that was when I knew something was really wrong. And uh, I come to find out later, my stepson was with me. He was 14 at the time. He was up out of the way, but he said that what happened was I stepped the way I should have, but that the tree hit another tree mm -hmm. and that's why it deflected off towards me. So we came inside. My wife had been a medic in the army before I met her. So I came in and she checked me over and within an hour, my speech started to go. So it got very slurry. Oh my God. Yep, it got very slurry. My walking got kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. So we called the doctor's office. We went to the doctor and uh, I, I still remember this kind of, but not overly clearly, but it was in my medical note, which is why I know this is what happened. And my wife told me too. So I went in, my speech was all jacked up. My eyes, I was not reacting with the light or anything because she checked me over. And my doctor paid no attention to the head injury and, brought, and just talked about my obesity and how I had to lose weight. What? Which... I'd already been working, like I, I had already been working on that, mm -hmm. and it, because but I'd had a uh, I'd had back surgery that previous December, so I mean I'd been laid up for a while. Yeah, but that's what she focused on, not the head injury. So because she focused on that, I thought the head injury wasn't a big deal. Like I'm like, oh, okay, well I'll be good in a day or two, mm -hmm. and uh, be back on my feet. And so I behaved. I did not behave like I had a head injury. I behaved like somebody got bonked on the head and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And it was only later I found out how severe it really was. 
and uh, how lucky I had been that one, I was wearing a helmet, and two, that I spent time in the gym because a, a doctor later told me that my neck, the strength of my neck mm-hmm. from training periodically over the years had probably saved me from having a, a broken neck. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was what happened. Like I said, I had had previous injuries before, mm-hmm. but I never paid attention to them. I played football, high school yeah. and college. I fell, had a severe head injury when I was a toddler. But you don't pay attention to this stuff until yeah. like it's directly on you, and it's been a long, long road since mm-hmm. then. So now you said that, you know, you got to the hospital, you know, they, they checked you over. Did they even check for, like, you know, a concussion or anything, any of those protocols that you usually do when you come in with a head injury? Like, that's kind of when my memory starts to go. Um, okay. And I only get flashes mm-hmm. of memories for about the following year. Like, I don't remember big chunks of, of the year. Um, but my wife said that the, the care I received that day was terrible, like really not up to par. And like I said, she, you know, she had been a medic in the army. She served mm-hmm. overseas. She understood what concussions looked like. She ran me through it. And she said, I didn't get barely any of that at the doctor's office. Crazy. So now, you know, before you probably had an idea of what the healthcare system should be when it comes to dealing with head injuries and stuff like that. Now, how has your opinion of the healthcare system in, were you in Maine at the time when you had that, that injury? I was. Yes. Um, and how, how, how has that changed? How has your opinion of the healthcare system like, and the rehabilitation process itself, how, how has that changed over the course of your recovery? No, it was shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like nobody knew anything. The biggest problem is, and I'm sure you ran into this too, is there was just not a whole lot of solid research in post head injury care. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, like I said, I played football for a long time. I have a really hard time watching the NFL now knowing how long they hid what they knew. Yeah, how many people's lives have been affected because they were putting the money ahead of taking, you know, the research. Yeah, people. Yeah, and and they like they can claim that it only affected their athletes, and but it didn't. It affected care across the board because mm-hmm. nobody was listening to the impact of traumatic brain injuries. Mm-hmm. So it's negligence uh, on their part, right? When you think about it. I, I absolutely think it was like se- severe negligence. And, you know, you were saying I, I have the same experience, but, you know, for me, my, I, when I got into my uh, accident, I hit my head on the windscreen. Right. Okay. But my other injuries, of course, the traumatic brain is invisible. My under, other injuries took precedence. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. we have to focus on saving his legs, saving his arm. But, you know, further down the road is where the you know, traumatic brain injury and those problems start to, to, to happen, right? And uh, thankfully in Canada, I had an amazing support system. You know, sorry to say, but our, our healthcare system yeah. is a little bit better in my opinion, my humble opinion. But, you know, again, you know, I really wanted to, to focus on like, how has your life, how was your life before the trauma when it comes to your, you know, that, that injury and how has it changed after? So it's changed significantly in some negative ways, but a lot of positive ways too. If I, like I, I can't ignore that, you know, the, mm. the things that break us, make us type of oh, deal. Okay. So let's focus uh, on the positives and then we go focus on the negatives. Yep. Uh, so after that, I did end up getting hooked up with a, like 
in our area, she's probably the most knowledgeable person with brain injuries. Like she's hooked up with our, our local brain injury chapter that's doing research and studying and like really promoting different things. So I got hooked up with her and that was a, a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. So you want to plug her? Yeah. Her name's uh, Mariah Grant mm-hmm. and she's a occupational therapist out of uh, Waldo County hospital system here locally. And yeah, she blew me out of the water. Like my first appointment with her, she proved to me how bad I really was. Mm-hmm. Like she ran me through some of the neurological exams and like, I thought I was going to get sick and I thought I was going to fall over. Just really doing basic, basic movements. Yeah. And she helped me a lot, but it still took a while before I understood it. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I fought against everything. I wanted to be myself. I, you know, you can, you can fight against a lot of injuries uh, and I tried to do that, but you can't fight a brain injury. Like there's no, you can't manipulate your life. Like if you break your arm, you could mm-hmm. still go out and do stuff. Yeah. You could just work around it. You can't work around a brain injury. It's just, mm-hmm. It just doesn't work that way. You have to deal um, with it, right? You absolutely you have to deal with it and you have to listen to your, your body. You know, I sleep. I never wanted to sleep eight hours. Like mm-hmm. I just, I want to sleep six hours. I don't want to waste time in bed. Yeah. I don't have, there's no option. Like I have to sleep for eight hours a night or mm-hmm. I have to take a nap during the day to, yeah. to try to fill that gap. It's not a question. Like I just have to, mm-hmm. I have to limit my driving, like too much driving and you know, all the spatial stuff that comes with it. Yeah. I, I have to be cognizant of that. And it's hard, but it's really, especially, you know, as a coach and a trainer, in some ways it's a blessing because I'm forced to do the things I tell people to do to make their life better. Only I don't have a choice. hundred mm-hmm, percent. Right. So it, it was a blessing in the sense that, you know, you've been able to prioritize your health even more as it, as it comes to sleep and making sure you're feeding your brains the right amount of nutrients that's necessary, right? To help it heal and help it um, do the best possible job it can, right? It's the, it's the brain and we have to pay attention to that. Oh, 100%. And it, mm-hmm. it's allowed me to connect with awesome, like really amazing people that I would not have connected with otherwise. Like mm-hmm. you, you start to realize how many people have had brain injuries when you get into the community yeah, and you get to realize that they don't all look different, which are all, they don't all look the same rather. Mm-hmm. And there's a scope to it. Like some are worse than others, mm-hmm. but the way they impact our life, it, it doesn't matter the severity. If it impact has a huge impact on your life, it has a huge impact on your life. So 100%. You know, at the beginning I was leery about getting involved because I never lost consciousness. Mm-hmm. Like somehow I never lost consciousness during yeah. this. And I thought that meant that it wasn't as bad because I didn't lose consciousness mm-hmm. and that someone else's accident, it meant that it was worse than mine because they spent time in the hospital and I, yeah. did. but that's not the reality with brain injury. The person who doesn't lose consciousness could have a potentially worse brain injury depending on where Brain. where the impact was right yeah mm-hmm. and that's a whole other thing in and of itself like of course holy cow that 
it's been amazing. Yeah, the thing is, the brain is so complex, and there's so much you know research just being done every day on it, and it's it's hard to explain to somebody who hasn't experienced it themselves, right? And that's exactly why I'm doing this, just to yeah. to share different perspectives on different brain injuries. You know, as you said, like you didn't lose consciousness. I lost consciousness after I hit my head on the windscreen from my accident. Woke up. And then lost consciousness again, yeah. right? So those things happen. And it, as you said, it's a scope and a spectrum of severity when it comes to brain injuries, the, the invisible injuries we have, right? But I wanted you to, you know, describe what your recovery process was like. It was very slow. Mm-hmm. Might have been made slower by my own actions, admittedly, mm-hmm. uh, at the time. So my wife is disabled. She has her own, she has an illness. Yeah. And for a while she had seizures and and until we got those under control, she, she didn't drive. So after accident, I was only a driver in the house. Mm -hmm. So I also had to continue to drive and do grocery shopping and that stuff. And then uh, I was an assistant coach on a high school football team because my stepson played Mm -hmm. and I was told I probably shouldn't coach, but I did it anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I didn't know how to hydrate. I didn't sleep. Like I kept pushing like I always did. I kept trying to go outside. Mm-hmm. Alcohol. Found out how yeah. bad that one can affect I know, you. yeah. Uh, we can have an entire discussion about alcohol and brain injuries, no, but you know, that's uh, not that. uh, crazy, yeah. right? But like I found out, holy cow, what an effect that has on a broken brain. 100%, um, yeah. So my recovery was very slow. And I've had two relapses mm-hmm. since. One of them led to a situation where I ended up in a hospital a second time mm-hmm. for CO2 poisoning because I just, my brain wasn't working and I made a mistake that almost killed me. And then I had another one this spring, not as severe because we mm-hmm. saw it coming. Um, yeah. But then that COVID hit. So I got plenty of time to rest after that. 100%. So it's been very slow, it's been very educational. It's really allowed me to connect with other people that are in the same, might have been in a similar boat, which sure. has been interesting. And made, that's one of the thankful things I have. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I live in Maine, kind of in the woods, a lot around a lot of uh, people who work with their hands, work outside, like really rough and tumble people. Yeah. And I do a lot of that stuff myself when I'm not coaching. Mm-hmm. I found that a lot of them will listen to things I say as opposed to they might not listen to somebody else. Yeah. Because, because you're part of their, their tribe, basically, right? Basically, yeah. I, I live, you know, kind of a similar life. And yeah. as a coach, I'm sure you've had situations where you have clients who relate better to you than they might relate to somebody else because of... Shared experiences. Exactly. And, yeah. And I've run into a little bit of that. Um, I had somebody call me out of the blue a guy I used to coach with, he called me in February and he was asking me questions and I'm like, wow, this is really out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me up front, he's like, when you had your, when you had your accident, when we were coaching, he's like, he's like, I'll be honest with you. I just kind of was like, oh, you hit your head. I don't understand what this big deal is. I don't understand why you're acting like you were acting. He goes, he had a bad accident in Florida while mm-hmm. he was on vacation with his family and he got a, a really bad brain injury and he was struggling really bad. And he reached out to me mm-hmm. because one to apologize yeah. about it because he was understanding, but he was scared. I mean, mm-hmm. 
he was having a lot of really scary symptoms. And I thought it was great that he felt comfortable enough to reach out to me to kind of go through that. And that's, that's powerful, right? Because, you know, even though he didn't understand it at the time, he kind of listened to you. He wasn't quite sure what was going on, but now he has that experience. He knows somebody to reach out because you were able to talk about it with, with him, right? Talk about what you were feeling and how the, it's affecting you. And that's one thing I struggled yeah. with before because I, I was really young. I was in high school and all I wanted to do was go back to play my sport, right, which is soccer. And of course, they were right. like, you know, yeah. don't play soccer. And I'm like, well, it's like, I don't know if I can not play soccer. Is there any way I can incorporate it into my life again? Because it's such a huge thing, right? And I had to wear a skull cap. Yeah. I don't know if you uh, know those ones for, for uh, rugby. They wear those skull caps yeah. to protect their head. I had to wear that. And I was, the, of course, the only person on the field with it. And everybody was always asking me questions like, you know, why do you have this on? Like, uh, like you know, you look so weird. Like, I don't understand. And at the time, yeah. you know, because I was so young, I didn't really understand my injury. Right. So it was very difficult for me to, you know, talk to somebody about these injuries when I don't even understand it myself. I was just like, yeah, my no. doctor told me I had to wear it. And that's what I did. But it's, 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 it's very powerful to hear you say that, you know, this person reached out to you after they had their own traumatic brain injury, because that's exactly what we're doing. We're building awareness around the fact that there's a community here to help you and you're not alone. 100%. So, and it actually, it was very interesting. So not that year, but the following year, I decided not to coach mm-hmm. football anymore and be on the program. And my stepson got a serious concussion and it, he couldn't get cleared anymore mm-hmm. to play football at all. Yeah, because he'd, he'd had other ones when he was playing hockey. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting because when he had his, it removed, he had a lot of coping mechanisms and ways of hiding things. And we found out he's actually on the, the base of the autism spectrum huh. because the concussion removed his ability to cope. Yeah. So all those coping skills, all those things he'd done to hide it, he couldn't do anymore. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, like we were grateful because it explained a lot. And I don't care if my son is on the autism. I don't care if anybody's on the autism spectrum because what we told him, because of course he's a teenager, Mm -hmm. he's embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. But what we told him, and it's the same thing for brain injuries. When we know and people are feel comfortable enough to tell us those things, it helps us be able to communicate better. So, if I know he's on the spectrum or if I know you've had a traumatic brain injury and maybe you, you process things differently. Well, now we can communicate because it gives me the ability to get my message across in a way that's going to help you. But it also helps me understand that you might ask me additional, additional questions yeah. that someone else might not. Mm-hmm. So like the more we put ourselves out there, it's not just better for us and it doesn't just help us like get that weight off our chest. Yeah. But it's better for people around us. That being said, what's, what would you say what has been the most helpful thing when it comes to your recovery? What do you mean by most helpful? Like, like what, what has impacted you in the, in the, a positive, the most positive way when it comes to your recovery, the treatment you've, you've gotten, what was the most like helpful for you? My occupational therapist was, mm-hmm. she was definitely far and away. Yeah. Not only, by her knowledge, but her willingness to say, I don't know. Like, 
I, we live in this world now mm. where everybody's scared to say, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Damn, man. That, that right there, would, that, that hit me. That hit me. Man. Yeah. I'm telling if, you, like, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll stop yeah, interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't know, awesome. Tell yeah. me you don't know. It's right. okay to mm-hmm. tell me you don't know. But then she would follow it up with maybe the next appointment I go in, she found an answer. Right. Yeah. Or maybe she just said, the research isn't out on that. Mm-hmm. But the, she would just say, I don't know, but let's try this or let's try this. Mm-hmm. But she didn't try to blow smoke up my ass about it. Right? She was honest. And exactly. that was pretty big. And so, I feel like that's what we need. We need that complete honesty and transparency when it comes to recovery. You know, yeah. if you don't know, you don't know. Don't, don't make things up. Like, Cause eventually we're going to know that you made it up because it didn't work. <laughs> right. And then, and then we have a trust issue. Exactly. And, and that's a big thing, you know, making sure we're building trust within, because it's such a, a delicate area, you know, it's, it's invisible. It's the brain. And you're like, you don't want to do things that might you mess you up even more. Yeah. You're putting your trust in this, this professional. Right. So, but them making sure that they, if they, even if they said you don't know, at least you're like, okay, they don't know, but they're trying to figure it out. Yes. That builds a bond and you, you, you're willing to accept and trust the, the recommendations overall, right? Big time. Big mm-hmm. time. And I wish more people would be okay with just saying, I don't know. Right. And it, uh, over the, the last, because I'm a trainer as well, yeah. um, over the last three months, like, you know, my, my, my style has changed, right? Because, you know, we don't need to know the answers all the yes. time. Right. And I, I realized that and, and that was transformative to me because a lot of the times, you know, you want to know the answer. You want to have all this knowledge. But at, at the end of the day, you don't need to have it. You can yeah. go find it after, but you don't need to be putting that pressure on yourself to have all the answers because it's inevitable. You're not going to know everything. Right. No. And, but people like to hear that, too. Like mm-hmm. it makes you human. For yeah. One. Right. Approachable. And, <laughs> yeah. And very approachable. And like I'm a pretty new coach. Like mm-hmm. I made this transition after my head injury. Yeah. Like, so I'm still learning a lot. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, like, my programs are not like these super, super fly things you might see from someone who's been coaching for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I work with general population people yeah. in kind of really straightforward ways mm-hmm. because that's where I am. Yeah. And I acknowledge exactly. it. Exactly. And the people that I work with, they like that. That's what they're looking for. Like, mm-hmm. 100%. It's better. Yeah, it is better. And I, I'm happy you, you brought that up because it's, you know, as a coach, we, we, we're always trying to improve because that has been my main thing is just try to improve people and make an impact in the lives of others. Yes. And, you know, lying to them or just like, you know, giving them false information isn't going to make a positive impact in their life. So no. why would we do it? Exactly. Um, but I also wanted to, to, to ask you about like, how has the, you know, your accident, the trauma, the brain injury, you know, impacted your, your family and your friends and your close friends? So, like I said, my wife is, has disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, her health has come a long ways now that we have some proper medical care for her. Mm-hmm. So initially, like, she, thankfully, she understood brain injuries because she yeah. saw it quite a bit. Yeah. And especially after Caden got his injury. So now we had two of us in the house and we both had the one thing we both had in common is we would get hyper emotional very quickly. And I would, was not normally like that before. Mm-hmm. And I still struggle with it a little bit now. Yeah. Um, now she had to deal with two of us in the house and one of them was a teenager. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a lot. 
he could get hyper emotional, which would make me hyper emotional. And then he and I would end up like arguing and stuff. Yeah. So that was hard dealing with that. And then the emotions of like me trying to fight it and not understanding why I'm not getting better. And I had some hard, I had some struggles with that. Like, especially like now I have, even now I'm pretty clear today, but I have a little bit of a lisp in my voice. That wasn't there before. That's yeah. new. Yeah. Um, and when it's really bad, I ha I get aphasia. So I speak like I've had a stroke, oh. like that really clunky yeah. speech. I How get often thing. does that happen? That usually happens if I get really, really fatigued. Like if uh, I don't sleep well for mm -hmm. maybe four or five nights, you throw in some dehydration on top of it. That's when it gets really bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, really bad. And mm -hmm. uh, usually at that point, I go and lay down. Like it's nap time. I got to, my brain needs to chill and uh, I'll drink, start pounding some water, you know, maybe some Gatorade Zero, something mm -hmm. to, to hydrate. For sure. And do you usually yeah. feel better after that? I do, but usually it's a 24 to 48 hour before I'm clear, clear again. Okay. Like, like yeah. It takes time for the brain to, to really rest. And then people think you can hyperhydrate and it's the same as hydrating over a period of time, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's like not. I, I can drink, you know, I can put a half a gallon of water into me. And you flush it out. Yeah, you just flush it out. So yeah. I'll start getting the Gatorade and the water in immediately, but I also have, to, I need to give it time and then be consistent with continuing to, to drink until mm -hmm. I get back to, you know, where I'm supposed to be. For sure. For sure. Now, based on you, you're hyper emotional, uh, now because of the, the brain injury. So would you say, you know, the, the brain injury has affected your mental health? Yep. Oh yeah. How, how so? Can you dive deep into that for me? So, I'm, I've, I've always been kind of a, I like to look at things internally anyways. And like, yeah. we, I, I evaluate the way I do things. I evaluate things I thought, things mm -hmm. I think. I try to evaluate when I get new information, like how does this fit and what am I missing? And with this, it just elevated that to the max. And there have been times where like I've had that, I don't want to do this anymore feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and you start thinking about there are suicidal thoughts that have entered. Like, I don't have them now. I never had them to the point where I thought I would follow through. Like, they never yeah. got this fear, but it was the, I'm tired of this shit. Am I ever going to, if I'm not going to get better, do I want to live like this? Do I, do I want to continue on? Is this fight even worth it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, it's not like you lose a limb and someone can, you know, you've got to process it, but eventually they're going to hook you up with another one. So you can get back to life the way it used to be. Like yeah. there's no answer for this. No, it's, I don't know where this is going and that's mm -hmm. really frightening. And then is you it, throw on top of it, the, the possibility that you could get dementia, you know, your increased, increased potential for dementia and Alzheimer's and these brains, these diseases that PTSD, all PTSD. these kinds of things, right? Yeah, and that was a thing too. Like, mm -hmm. holy cow! The 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 first time I took a tree down or after the down, accident, after Ooh. it's a wonder I even got through it because my hands were shaking so bad and my heart rate was like mm -hmm. you know, so high. Yeah, but I did. Like, it's part of my life. I had mm -hmm. to take that step. But holy cow! And then, not last year. It was like maybe it was last year. No, it was a year before. So 
this fall will be two years. I was on my way home from work and we had a wicked windstorm that day. Mm-hmm. And I came across a car accident. The car, the guy's truck had actually hit somebody's house. But what had happened is he had been just driving down the road and the wind snapped a big tree off and it landed on his, on the cab of his truck. Oh, wow. And just cratered the truck and it pinned him inside. Mm-hmm. And I stopped there was someone in the road and I'm like, I'm like, wow, what happened here? And he's like, Oh, that guy over there is dead. Oh my God. Oh, really? I'm, he's like, yeah, he's dead. And I'm like, well, did anybody go check on him? He's like, no, we don't need to. He's dead. What? Right. Yeah. So I parked and I hopped out mm-hmm. and I went over and he was still alive. He was pinned in the tree. Like he was kind of like this and he yeah. couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And the truck was running and gas and like stuff was leaking. So yeah, I crawled up onto the hood and was able to reach in and turn the truck off. And then the ambulance arrives maybe four or five minutes later and they had to use the jaws of life and cut them out. And like, I was fine. Like during the incident, like I'm fine. Yeah. But by the time I got home, like 40 minutes later, like, like I'm flashing back to the tree coming at me. Yeah. Like I I was shaking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that was the first time I really understood what a flashback looks like. Like my wife had told me. Vivid, right? Yeah, super vivid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that took a little time to like process. And yeah, I didn't see it coming. Like I, it was a couple of years post. Like I was cutting trees down, no big deal. But seeing somebody else in a similar scenario triggered what that's what triggered it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so funny. Like you know, you, you talked about like you know getting those those thoughts. Like man, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, even though our injuries were different right you know you had a car accident you had the the accident with the tree like you know the the the, the post-traumatic stress and the kind of experience of like man this is very hard i don't know if i can take another step to to improve myself because it's just it's not what you were expecting your life to look like you know at that point in time and it's that that kind of hit me because i remember having those feelings a lot but mostly throughout university because i felt misunderstood you know i i went to university i was like i that that was my goal i'm like i'm not letting this stop me from pursuing university and it was university was so hard like you know i couldn't focus in class i had to have like a a tutor and i had to like take my exams in a separate class and i'm like man this is too much i'm like Mm -hmm. the anomaly out of all my friends how am I gonna survive this right so the, the fact that you said that and then again with the, the, the trigger and my trigger is basically passing by or like crossing the street like I, I got hit by crossing the street so every time I'm crossing the street now yeah. I'm always like whoa whoa like you know I'm always like super aware I'm like making eye contact with these people like staring them down because you know I just don't want it to happen again I'm super yeah. super like anxious when crossing the street so it's, it's, it's just a testament to how these things can really, really affect you months, years, decades into the future, right? Big time. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> so when you, were, when you went to university, mm-hmm. did you find you had to change your study habits from how you studied before your accident to how you would study after your accident? Absolutely. Like for my, for me to write an essay, for example, I had to write it out in a piece of paper and then type it up. Okay. And that's the only way I could do it. Uh, when it comes to studying, I needed to be in a completely silent room, like no distractions, no phone and just focusing on the book. My short term memory like was terrible. Okay. 
terrible. And, and, and that's still the case right now, but it's getting better. And, and it's because I'm working on it, you know? Yep. But yeah, I got through university and it was, it was super hard, but you know, again, the, the, the brain is an incredible thing. And if you have the willpower to do it, you can succeed, but you have, you can't stop trying. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I was asking because I'm taking a, I'm going through a certification now. Yeah. It's the first like time I've really had to sit and study mm-hmm. post accident and I have to do it much differently. Yeah. And it takes me longer and it mm-hmm. takes, there's more steps involved. Exactly. But it's interesting to me to see like, because I've seen, I've talked to some people that where they got hit, that wasn't effective for them at all. Mm-hmm. Like nothing changed as far yeah. as how they learn, uh, where other people, like you, obviously, and me, mm-hmm. we have to change change how we learn. hundred percent. Like, yeah, for example, it, so some people, like, for, when it comes to reading, some people can read a, a chapter maybe, like, um, like, what, 25 pages in, like, half hour or something. Yeah. It takes twice as long for me because I'm like, what did I just read? You know, oh, my God, like, I didn't get that point. Let me read it over again. And when it comes to textbooks, like, you know, doing those textbooks and having to read it over again, yeah. it gets really frustrating. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I got through it because like, I didn't want to be the one complaining because nobody really, I look okay. So people would understand, you know, that. like, yep. why are you complaining? Like, you're fine. Like, I'm like, yeah, but it's my brain. They don't understand. So no. I had to suffer in silence a lot, but um, I'm trying to tell people that they don't need to, you know, you don't have to go through that. Absolutely. But, you know, have you now accepted like your, your life as the new normal with, with your, your traumatic brain injury and how you have to do things differently now? Yes. Mm-hmm. The stuff that bothers me now is not the way I have to do things. It's there's a genuine fear of down the road mm. consequences for me. Yeah. Like I tend to apparently I rewatch TV shows that I watch post accident and I don't remember watching them. Hmm. And then like all at all, that, like at all. Wow. Yeah. I, we just I started watching something the other day and my wife's like, "Yeah, you watch this like after your accident," and I'm mm-hmm. like no recollection of any of the episodes wow uh, someone will tell me we went somewhere or did something within that year i have no recollection of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it scares me like like with dementia and stuff to know like that's that life and it just gets progressively worse until the mm-hmm. point where you don't ever remember anything and i'm like i don't know if it would be worse to never to not remember any of your life or to come to long enough to remember that you don't remember. Yeah, like, that's crazy, huh? Yeah. Like so, damned if you do, damned if you don't, kind of in that situation. Yeah, so that stuff admittedly kind of scares me a little bit. The emotional stuff, like, I'm kind of getting used to it. I, I told my wife I'm finally ready to go, like, actually seek counseling, I think. So I think I'm actually going to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I told her, I'm like, my truck breaks. I go talk to a mechanic. Yeah. If I need a personal trainer myself, mm-hmm. he goes I, I go see a trainer because they're experts and they have different eyes to see things I don't. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that's something that's going to be on my on my board pretty quick. But most of the other stuff, it, does it get frustrating? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't want to sleep for eight hours. Like, I want to push through. Yeah. And do whatever I'm doing, but I know on the back end, like I have to play that game of, okay, what does it look like tomorrow? Do I have a busy day tomorrow? If I do, then I can't do that tonight. I can't push through. So, you know, there are frustrations there, but I'm kind of getting used to it at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I mean, there are frustrations, but there, even if I'd never had a head injury, there'd be frustrations in life. So, right, exactly. You know, and then the thing, and the thing is, this, is this frustrated frustrations on top of frustrations, right? Because it's like you know, again, nobody sees it, right? Because it's it's a brain injury. So when you you get kind of frustrated, people are like, oh, why are you overreacting? I'm like, am I overreacting? You know, yeah. like, you know, it's like you know, am I like uh, this is how I'm feeling? But you kind of dismiss it almost, right? That's yeah. that's my experience anyway in in certain aspects of my life, and it's like the the lack of understanding gets really frustrated. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's up to me to make help them understand, right? So that's mm-hmm. why I'm, you know, talking to more people, like very sharing my story of my background because a lot of people see me today and they would they have, they have no idea that I was involved in, the, in a car accident and it, it affected my brain, right? Because like I was kind of pushing it down. Like nobody wants to hear that. Nobody, everybody has their problems. But, yeah. you know, I realized that it's, it's important to share for other people who have similar stories and similar experiences, right? Big time. And helps me justify some of my stances on things. Mm. So I've become, I'm an advocate for, for not doing tackle football until kids are like 14 or 15. Yeah. Like taking, I'm not, I'm not a fan of youth football Mm -hmm. anymore. Like I used to be, but I'm not anymore because I've seen the research Mm -hmm. and I understand the long-term ramifications of it. Mm -hmm. So like I advocate for flag football, kind of like in Canada, Mm -hmm. Hockey, the kids playing hockey don't learn to check until they're like 14, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's something you might not have known. We actually lived on the U.S.-Canadian border for three and a half years, and my son played over in Canada. Hockey? Hockey. Oh, nice. Which border was that? We were up in uh, Fort Kent, Maine, so we were across across from Clare, uh, New Brunswick. New Brunswick, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we went basically the whole... The whole New Brunswick, U.S. border, mm-hmm. we were traveling that like every weekend because hockey in Canada is hockey in Canada. Yeah, it's huge, man. It's um, everywhere. But they focused on skill development. Like they weren't worried about the physical part until they figured kids were old enough to handle it. Mm-hmm. I think we could do the same thing with football here. So it's changed my views on on that. For sure. Um, for sure. And I can justify it. Of course, because the research... There's yeah. research out here, right? Yeah. And some people are just like, oh, yeah, but, you know, of course, when it comes to research, it's, it's kind of hard to really differentiate because, if, of course, there's probably research that says, you know, it's okay for them to yeah. play tackle football at that age, right? Because, you know, you know, for some other reasons. But I want to ask, you know, yeah. like what wisdom, you know, if any, have you gained from your accident? Just in regards to brain injuries or just in general? In general, Patience. Mm. That's the biggest one with brain injury, especially. Yeah. You have to be patient. Like I have it on my have it on my arm, man. Patience yeah. is a virtue. I have a tattoo. I'm like, man, you gotta be patient, dude. Like yeah. and, and it's a it's a thing that kind of it, in all, all areas of your life, right? Not just with a brain injury, but it, it heightened my awareness of how important patience is. But go ahead. Yeah, so that's been a big one because I was super impatient and in all likelihood, my impatience and my unwillingness to take the time I needed to rest probably locked in some of the more negative consequences of the brain injury because I didn't take that time for my brain to heal. Yeah. And it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. So patience is a big one. It really pointed out like how short life is. Like mm-hmm. there's no getting around it. I mean, no. when you find out you were inches from 
from not being here anymore, it changes your approach to how you do a lot of other things. Like you might be a little safer doing some things and then you might be a little bit more go forth on others because Mm -hmm. you're like, well, that's not going to impact me negatively if I fail. It's just going to be a failure I'll learn from. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big one. Like I've tried to be more open with things like mm-hmm. especially brain injury stuff I've, I've talked about it much more openly yeah which makes can be very tricky because it makes you have to reveal more about yourself than you might be comfortable with mm-hmm. and my wife and i had that discussion actually before i decided to start talking about it publicly but then we decided well if we're going to do it we actually started our own podcast too mm-hmm. um we're just getting the episodes and it's been tricky but like we talk about the stuff in our marriage. I have a brain injury. She has a neuromuscular disorder. Like mm-hmm. it creates a lot of issues in there, but hundred percent, yeah. it's been really amazing to be more open and then make connections. Like I'm sitting here talking to you right now. hundred oh, percent. This wouldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah, for um, sure. Right. And it's kind of freeing, right. It kind of takes that load off of the chest because we kind of keep it in. We, we tend yeah. to, as guys in general, we just have to like, keep in all those, oh. the things that we're thinking. And, yeah. you know, I realized that just by starting to share my stories that I need to share other things, you know, things that are bothering me, you know, even if it's little, just talk about it, just talk it yeah. out instead Big of time. just keeping it in. Right. Big time. And, 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 you know, that can certainly be tricky, especially when it pertains to social media, because oh my God, yeah. Like how we work, like, it's become unreal. And it's a terrible place to have real discussions. <laughs> this is this is much better. Like yeah, exactly. And one, tell, one. Yeah, and I, I've tried to tell people we're at this point where you can maybe begin a conversation on social media, but move it to in person or in video as mm-hmm. fast as possible. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like that's when you're going to get into the the meat of matters, and so that becomes tricky too. Navigating. I want to put myself out there, but how do I put myself out there? in a way that's going to be received the way I intend it to be, as opposed to someone picks two words out and then runs with it as something that completely unintended me. For sure. So that's tricky, but it's worth it. Like, 100%. It's, it's so worth it. Yeah, you know, even having this conversation with you, and, and this is the second episode, it's just it just puts my mind at ease, knowing that I'm not alone. You know, for the longest time, I felt like so alone in this like battle. I'm just battling myself every day. What looking myself in the mirror, and I'm like, I don't like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Like, what, like you know, what's what's going on? You know? Yeah. Um. So, like having these conversations, freeing it, 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 it takes like the pressure off my shoulders. Being like, you're not alone, man. You're not. You don't have to carry this burden alone because there's a lot of people, other people doing it as well. Oh, big time. Mm-hmm. And I've had. So I spoke at the main brain injury conference last year. Yeah. And I got to speak to like I was probably like 50 people. Yeah. In there, I was part of a panel. And like, that was amazing because I, I had a visual of not being alone, of other people like nodding their heads as I was talking and like so, understanding. And you could yes, see I them. Get having, that. Yeah. I yeah. Know. And then yeah. you could see them having that same, holy shit, somebody else is saying well, exactly how I'm what, feeling, you know? Yeah. How I'm feeling. Yeah. And it's, it's empowering. Mm-hmm. It's very empowering to know that you're not alone. And it's a great feeling. For sure. 
and he said something there, like empower. It's empowering to share, to know that you're not alone. But it's also empowering because, like, with more awareness, will be more research, right? And it's needed. More research is needed on the effects on the brain and how it affects you long term because there's a lot of unknowns right now. Oh my God! It all like. You go online and look up, say, supplements. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. And the supplement industry in itself is, yeah. is what it is. But if you want something that maybe is going to help your brain mm-hmm. specifically, and you might get 37 answers, and then you could end up with someone talking about carnivore oh, diet yeah. for brain or vegan diet for brain, and mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, I, what works? Like, what Which do one? I do? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm very particular with what I do take mm-hmm. or and I've been changing messed with my diet yeah. to try to figure out what makes me feel the best but that it's overwhelming and people will manipulate the research that they find to fit their own narrative so you've got to dig through that mm-hmm. and trying to do the research yourself can be very tricky because if you've read research like you go to NCBI and actually read a research study it's like reading a textbook mm-hmm. and i'm reading the same sentence 15 times 15, just to, to get it right you're like what does that mean like, yeah just okay, let me google it google doesn't have the answer for it. you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah so the more we get into this the more i'm hoping not just that we get definitive answers but we get people who understand how to present those definitive answers in an easy easily digestible way for people mm, of course like i think you and i have some benefit because we work in the fitness industry, we sometimes read those papers. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit, we have a little bit better understanding just of how food and nutrition and hydration yeah. stuff works in general. Yeah. For the general population, this confusing. It's confusing. They don't uh, know what yeah. It's confusing. Up. It's confusing for people who don't have a brain injury, right? <laughs> Imagine like you have a brain injury, you have struggled, like, you know, reading now and comprehending things. And now you have to do it yourself because there's no like real treatment plans available, right? Unless you like you hire someone, which might be expensive. There's all kinds of factors, right? That yes. stands in your way. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So, hope as we get further into this, we'll get it'll become a little bit more definitive as to do's and don'ts, especially immediately post injury. Yeah. Um, and then as people get further out, as as opposed to going. Oh, well, if you make it to the six-month mark, after that, you should be okay. Well, that is bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. I, I, remember, I remember hearing that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. that doesn't even make any sense. I, I, was, I was super grateful. Like I said, I had an amazing OT, mm-hmm. and she was kind of upfront. Like, after a year, so much of this is you're, you're going to be kind of stuck with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After two years, it's pretty much whatever's there is yeah. there and what's not is not and you can improve it but it's going to take a lot of work mm-hmm. realistic yeah. answers instead of being yeah. like, after six months it's just you're just done and i'm like what is no like you know that's that can't be right yeah so getting that a little bit more nailed down is going to be really really helpful for and, sure and so now can you can you name like you know three characteristics survivors you love like traumatic brain injuries you know need to recover successfully attitude mm-hmm. gotta have a positive attitude yeah not all the time it's okay to cry it's okay to be angry mm-hmm. it's okay to be frustrated but always be working back towards that okay 
I was those things. I got it out of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do I move forward? Like, what is what is my path to going forward through this? Mm-hmm. And the only way I know to do that is to try to keep as positive an attitude as you can as you get going. So that way, even when you have those moments when you're way up here, you're always coming back to a good, solid place. Yeah. So positivity is a big one. Goals. Set goals. Mm-hmm. I don't like we always talk about goals for for people in fitness and health and every other thing. Set goals for your brain injury. Don't have to be big. If you have, if you had a serious car accident and it affect your ability to walk, maybe your first goal is just walking with, with holding the bars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But 100%. Set realistic goals and set unrealistic goals. I'm a proponent of unrealistic goals. I just I think you aim for the stars but you only get to the moon while it's still you got off planet. A hundred percent. You're still further than anything that you even imagined. So absolutely. So I, I, you know, set those big goals and then you set the little goals to try to walk your way to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think what I say, positively goal setting. Yeah. And then what'd be the other one? Characteristics. That's a great question. That's one I've never been asked before. Well, thank you very much, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to be to be honest, I kind of like you know took that from somewhere else, but you know. no, that's all right. No, no, isn't that what we? Everybody takes something from somewhere for sure. I just I just didn't want to take it as my own. I didn't want to plagiarize. So I, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, you said positivity, um, you know, goal setting, and the third. Oh man, I just say like, not give, don't give up. Like have that. It's, and it's a fine line, especially immediately post-injury, of mm-hmm. the push, push forward, pull back. Yeah. But you can do each with that mindset of you're getting better no matter which one you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I suck at recovery. Not just TBI. Yeah. But I don't stretch enough. I don't do enough mobility work. Like, I don't. I, don't I hear you, on, man. Foam roller. Hear, yeah, it's hard. I don't want to do it. Yeah, and exactly. I'm terrible, but it's something I'm focused on right now mm-hmm. because I understand much more. At 37, when I roll out of bed in the morning, I'm beginning to really understand how important it is to do my mobility work. Of course, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm getting older. Because you understand it's, it's if you don't nip it in the bud now, it's only going to get worse, yeah, right? Totally. And then the worse you get, the stiffer you get, the more discouraged you're going to get to actually start because you're like, man, I'm so far behind. Yeah, this is not you know going to be beneficial. Yeah, so having that that mindset of like, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to get better. Yeah, I'm not going to give up on myself. I'm not going to give up on the people who rely on me. Like I'm gonna get better. And 100%. whatever your reason is for getting better and not giving up, like that's what you focus on. For and, sure. That was that was good because for me, I I made that decision. I remember being in the hospital at 50, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get better. Like, I made that decision. I'm like, listen, yeah. I am going to play soccer again. I yeah. don't care what any of you nurses and doctors said that, it's, you know, I might, you know, you can't play soccer. I do not care. I'm getting better Absolutely. for me and for my future, right? And that decision at that time in that hospital bed is what set me up for my life right now because it, it, it instilled in me the importance of making that decision and just going after it hard. And again, you know, of course you're going to 
you don't want to push too hard where you're going to injure yourself more, but yeah. still keep pushing, even though you do get injured, uh, which I did because of pushing, you know, <laughs> too oh, hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happens. Um, you know, still stop. Don't get discouraged. For, you, you will get discouraged, but don't uh, sit and accept those feelings. Just, you know, keep pushing forward, man. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree with you more. For sure. So now, if you can leave us with one piece of advice, what would it be? Your, your brain injury might, it's going to change your life, but it doesn't have to be a negative. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for mine at this point. And that sounds really odd to a lot of people when I tell them that. Yeah. But I look at it this way. One, I know physically and mentally my accident, I could handle it. Whereas if it had happened to somebody else, maybe they couldn't have. Yeah. I'm not uncomfortable speaking about it, whereas some, maybe somebody else might be. And it's really pushed me into finally pursuing some things that, I'd said I wanted to pursue, but I wasn't really following through with. Mm-hmm. And now I am. Yeah. So a negative, but I'm not unthankful for it. Like it, it's made a lot of positives in my life too. And if, when you have your brain injury, you're going to get through that really hard period and it's going to take a while, but if you can get through it, you might come out on the back end with a better life than you had prior to it. Justin, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. I am so appreciative of, you know, just you're spending this, this time with me to, to speak on, you know, traumatic brain injuries and um, also just sharing your story because a lot of people, as you said, you know, some people are scared, but, you know, you, you've taken that stance and you wanted to help others, you know, who want to help themselves and who want to get better. So I thank you for that. And yeah, I look forward to just, you know, seeing you share your story even more and maybe even connecting with you in person once this Corona thing dies down. Hopefully, hopefully it dies down. Right. So again, thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to keep sharing your stuff. I love what Mm -hmm. you're doing, man. And uh, don't stop doing it because we need more people in the community, you know, putting themselves out there. For sure. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right, man. Have a good one.